Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Fake news would tell you that we don't care for Jews. I tell you all this because I've seen it all, so I just want to set the record straight while they're here. One of our attorneys is a Jew. We have very close friends that are Jewish and rabbis, and we also fellowship with them. There is nothing better than Defo. Welcome back to The Defo Show. <laughs> the... Uh... Southern Bell accent really makes that clip, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't play that because of this Myers Leonard thing, did you? A hundred percent. Oh, you did. Okay. Oh yeah, I definitely. I thought that was just an arbitrary selection here that happened to be in a rotation. Oh come on. I, I don't even know what to say about these things anymore. I really don't. I, I hate to see people uh, wear broad labels because of uh, something that they said. Th- this one, and I didn't see the clip of him doing it. I did read an account of it. This Myers Leonard uh, with uh, a slur, an ethnic slur, and using a uh, term for Jewish people that would be obviously considered not just highly unflattering, but uh, outright outrageous. And uh, so uh, offended a lot of people, I guess. I, I don't know. And ended up uh, now the heat of distance himself from Myers Leonard, which you thought that Myers Leonard had played his last game for the Miami Heat anyway because yep. uh, he's been injured and out for the season, and it was – very questionable. I, I don't know. The, the Heat, would they have had any interest in bringing Myers no, Leonard no. back? No, no, He wasn't coming back. That's why this is an easy uh, move to me. Like, they, he's, like, indefinitely suspended. No, he's not. He's going to be gone. They're just going to work out how they can get rid of him without it penalizing them because he wasn't on the team. He was hurt. Even when he wasn't hurt, he wasn't doing anything. And now you have this. Like, there's no reason to be attached to this guy at all anymore. Yes, and it is. I mean, I mean this, uh, and we we live in this business. Our, our game is words, and you have to uh, be extremely careful how, how you use them and choose them these days. And if that was part of his normal vernacular, he claimed that uh, he had no idea what he was actually saying. But then where so would he pull that word from? How did that pop into your head in the first place, right? Like, where do you get that word from? Like, some of the slurs out there are random. Like, I had never heard some of the slurs for the black people until I got to college. Cause I'm from down here. Like all my friends yeah. were of different backgrounds. So I could, I guess maybe I could have fallen onto one of those and said and gone, Oh no, I didn't know what that meant. That word is very specific and never used. So for you to have that word in your vocabulary to spew it while playing a video game, you use that word regularly. I'm sorry. I, I, I unequivocally believe that. I, I don't know that. I mean, to be true, but uh, no, nonetheless, uh, this was an incident that popped up and, the Heat have said uh, sayonara, at least uh, in whatever effect they can, to Myers Leonard for the time being uh, disassociated from the team. All right, uh, this is the bigger question, and on to uh, brighter things here. Uh, like a fighter and a friend of mine, and, and this was interesting. I'll get into this story a little bit here because uh, I saw a picture, and it represented two of my favorite sports stories. We were just all school with Tony Segreto, and he was talking about his days when Ali there. But uh, I naturally followed a lot of boxing, covered a lot of boxing, and uh, two of my favorite people in the sport, uh, I saw a picture of the two of them together yesterday that was taken about, I want to say, 35 years ago. 
by my uh, friend Mike Fernandes, who I'm very happy to be teaming up with again, hopefully uh, on a uh, beautiful project. That uh, And this guy, uh, you know, you, you talk about technical genius. Uh, that is my friend Mike, a self-taught guy. He's now like the number one techno genius uh, over at Fox Sports, right? They don't get a game on the air without this kid. It, it's incredible. But I, I do remember my friend Albert Davila, who was the former WBC Bantamweight champion of the world, and just a solid, solid pro at what he did, and uh, boxers went into some form of isolation where it was like 24 hours, 48 hours before a fight because he said that he had to go through virtually a metamorphosis to go from being the nice guy that he is to uh, being a guy that's going to go in there and essentially uh, trying to beat the crap out of somebody before they beat the crap out of you. Not an easy way to make a living, getting hit all day and every day in the gym and getting pounded on. And uh, so they, they would go into a transformation, a vital transformation, if you will, to quote the uh, song title by the great John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. But, Luby, will you be going into some form of isolation? Because you are leaving the show for the rest of the week. Are, yes. are you going into some kind of 48-hour transformation <laughs> metamorphosis to get psyched up for what's in store for you for the next however many years that this thing lasts? And uh, most people are banking on this uh, going the distance. I think we're going to the scorecard. I hope so. I mean, it would be nice to take this one out to the end of days. Uh, I'm excited, so I'm not, I don't think I'm I, like putting myself in like a hiber, hibernation state. Uh, we just, there's a lot of stuff going on with the wedding. She has family coming in. There's people coming into town. So I was like, all right, let's just, you know, put work off. Let's focus, let's really just the last couple of days focus on this. I know she has stuff to do and it's like, all right, let me be there just in case she needs me or they need me or someone needs me and. I know the Red uh, can handle it tomorrow, and then Ricardo Man will handle it Friday. So it's like, all right, we have good people here that I can trust. So very like, capable. Right, let's yes, be, very let's capable be smart and just put the last couple of days toward it, and then I'm ready to go for Saturday. All right, and the Red digs up those clips from the uh, Super Bowl Radio Rose that uh, you somehow have buried, Luby, although you started playing a couple of them, and they're great, right? Yeah, if I find there, the rejoins, the I play object. them. I just I right. don't think to like sift through the stuff, but. I'm this was some of your most it. brilliant work, and you were a very critical and important participant in many of those shows. All of them, as a matter of fact, going back 10-plus years now. Yes, sir. Although uh, we did have to skip out uh, on tap. I kind of missed it, right, Louie? Did you not miss it? Oh, even a big time. So it's sort of a rough go there. I mean, it's not the same as uh, just uh, finishing up at 10 o'clock and going, okay, anybody available for tennis? <laughs> not the same. Just keep working all, all the way through. All right, a uh, couple of things, though, and uh, I mentioned his picture. Uh, so, uh, And these are fairly obscure boxers uh, for anybody that's not a huge boxing fan. Uh, I often talk about my buddy Albert Davila, who I got to follow because uh, he was in the neighboring town. I, I thought this was odd, and it's kind of something uh, indicative of what Jim Sarney's always talking about on his social media posts, where you have local athletes like Coco Goff, and there's uh, scant little coverage or mention of them. Uh, shouldn't the local newspaper zero in as much as they do on teams and whether or not uh, Myers Leonard ever is going to play another minute for the Miami Heat on some of the great achievements uh, of local athletes. Yes. Do, do you find that uh, to be something that is sorely missing here in South Florida today and maybe in general because newspapers have less space and less people and they can't necessarily track things? I mean, back in the day, you might have sent somebody to Dubai to uh, cover Coco Goss' appearance there, no? Or is that like a little extreme when it came to newspaper budgets, as robust as they might have been It, it wasn't during then. that era? It is now. I mean, then you for sure would have had people covering it. I mean, tennis was much more mainstream, and South Florida connections to anything would have drawn up interest. However, now with, ten with newspapers what they are, tennis being what it is, 
I mean, it's just a, you're gonna find someone to be like a stringer from over there, or you know, do stuff on it online, look online, and you can sort of outsource things a lot easier now than you could then. Being the enterprising young reporter and eager uh, sports writer that I was at the time, I ventured off. I, I thought it was amazing the neighboring city, if you will, which uh, is really essentially the same area as I was working in in Ontario at the Ontario Daily Distort, yesterday's news tomorrow, uh, completely ignored two uh, local boxers of great significance, uh, one being uh, my friend Albert Davila and the other, the great Albert Superfly Sandoval, who was an amateur sensation and uh, was an accomplished pro as well. His brother Richie went on to uh, win a world title. But what when you have like two world champions among the 26 in the world in a neighboring town, would you not think that hey, maybe I ought to go over there and see if I can get an article out of this yes. in the local newspaper. You would think, yes. So I got to know these guys, and, of course, Albert's stablemate was a gentleman named Danny Little Red Lopez, who we like to mention. But the picture was of Albert and Danny, and I have to say, two of the most compelling sports stories, we're about to get into one here with Daniel Ponce de Leon, but two of the most compelling sports stories in any sport that, that I have uh, ever become aware of, uh, these two guys were involved in uh, in uh, totally different ways. Very interesting stuff. So uh, that picture was a reminder of uh, why we're in this business, or part of the reason, and that is to seek out and be able to relate these great stories. We're going to try and tell one next with Daniel Ponce de Leon. He has a book out, and it documents uh, his uh, return to baseball after getting hit in the head, struck in the head with a line drive while pitching in the minors with the Memphis Redbirds, and now he's on the Cardinals roster and uh, hopefully ticketed to go do uh, some really good things. But an inspiring story as depicted in his book, One Line Drive. That's coming up next year on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Then Mike Vaccaro is going to join us later on as we take up until 10 o'clock. We'll have a, a deal Volkswagen Degenerate Friday. Man, it's been a blast out there with this perfect weather at Gulfstream Park. Can't wait to get out there on Friday's show. And, of course, we'll be with you tomorrow with Eric the Red Lingell. And for one, Mike Luby Lubitz, who is soon to be married. I, I can't believe you're not going into some kind of hibernation, isolation, boxing-type mentality there, where you uh, come out like a, a roaring animal <laughs> after being the normally sedate and very calm individual yes. that you tend to be. Not going to happen, huh? No, no. Will, will you be drinking heavily? I mean, I found the I'd key, like and the, the, the real key to success on those Vegas weddings was to be gambling right up until post. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware. I was there for the second one. The third one, one time out of necessity, and the second one uh, just because I was thinking, uh, you know, am I really going to do this? No, no. I, <laughs> I think that's a question you have to ask yourself at any time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've been to the post three times now in this thing. All right, uh, maybe it's me, Louie. Do you have a funny right, feeling that right. maybe it's me? There could be indications no there. There's a trend. There's a trend there. <laughs> There's definitely a trend. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. You trend handicappers are probably leaning towards, it's you, Defoe. It's you. It was Bozzini all along. It's 9.15. That love and feeling, which 
I marched down the aisle to on two occasions. <laughs> it was one of those, Karen, that was all we had. Uh, that was all they had. Uh, they only had a couple of musical choices, none of which were particularly uh, good. I feel like that says something. If that's all you can walk to the aisle You never with. close your eyes. That part's good. But when the chorus starts and uh, everybody's singing in the audience, you've lost that love and feeling. <laughs> there is nothing better than Defo. It's now time for the Defo Show. Just remember, and I believe people know this to be true, if you want to come clean and uh, have your own personal transparency with yourself, everything changes after she says I do. Everything <laughs> changes, Lou B. What the heck are you doing, man? It's uh, like <laughs> the Mets' pursuit of JT Real Muto. <laughs> I mean, it was something that seemed like it would be almost pure fantasy come true, and then it turned out in reality, forget about it. We'll have to go with uh, some backup schmink from the Cubs or whatever it was, the White Sox. Uh, never mind. Uh, and, and hopefully that guy, James McCann, will turn out to be an excellent player. At least uh, that was the speculation of Mike Vaccaro today. All right, after this uh, huge buildup, we're still awaiting a call here from Daniel Ponce de Leon, which would be a shame if we didn't get to uh, tell his story. And uh, he has a book out called One Line Drive, and essentially uh, this is what happened. He's pitching with the Memphis Redbirds and had been kind of uh, up and down, I guess, on the uh, big league level. And uh, the Memphis Redbirds, I don't know if that had occurred. I, I think this was prior to him actually making a big league appearance. And uh, a guy yep. named Victor Caratini, uh, it's a line drive, and it hits him, and hits him straight in the head. And a lot of you old school baseball guys will remember that Herb Score thing. Horrifying, right? And you can't help but think that it would cause you to flinch somewhat. And uh, I don't know, Luby, did you ever pitch? And have a line drive come stinging through the box. I mean, even if yes. you were just in a game with self-team pitching and somebody just happened to rocket one right through the middle, which is a very common place to hit the ball. I mean, if you're actually hitting the ball square and doing the right thing, if you're going Renee Latchman and playing the game right, through the middle would be the most common yep. uh, stroke that you could possibly take. Yes. I liked fielding comebackers, but I do remember one time I was pitching in some kind of American Legion game. And I remember a shot comes back through the mound, and I never saw it. I never saw the ball. And everybody was screaming, yeah, yeah, all right, Defo. I wasn't really Defo then, but uh, whatever they were calling me at the time. Hey, yo. <laughs> and I, I couldn't figure out why they were applauding. Uh, and it turned out the ball was in my glove. I never saw it. I never felt it. It got there so quickly. And uh, then there's a natural tendency to think, uh, geez, I mean, the last thing you want to do, you have to be able to dodge it a little bit, right, after you let one go. But you're not necessarily thinking that. So uh, always a scary thing. And I do remember, and you all school guys will remember that whole thing with Herb Score. And I, I still can visualize the picture of Herb Score in the local newspapers. And he had like a giant, very awkwardly placed eye patch on uh, the eye that he got hit. Uh, he did uh, come back, though, uh, Luby, and, and this is kind of a heartening part of that story. And a nice conclusion. He did come back and actually restored his uh, 2020 vision. It came back to him, and he did pitch further in the major leagues. And this uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon, who unfortunately is starting to look like a shine job at this point, is, uh, and I mean in terms of shining us on, right? Yes, he's not into some coming, kind of I feel Joe like. Pesci thing. He's probably at Roger Dean, right, uh, working out with the Cardinals if they're still in the local area there. So it uh, would have been nice to get to talk to him, but uh, I don't know. At this point, if that's going to happen, but that was after a tremendous, I mean, three and a half hour of building. Yes. 
<laughs> to this we telephone about call. An entire segment. I'm very deflated right about this, Luby. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's not like uh, this would have been something that would have been first thing you thought of mainstream. Hey, let's get Daniel Ponce Leon on the show. No. But it's an interesting story, and we've been talking about sports stories here. So, um, unfortunately, we're not going to have him on. And speaking of great stories, Mike Vaccaro, great storyteller from the New York Post, going to join us here in just a few moments on the show. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz. Or, or so we think, right, Luby? I'm Mike Luby Lubitz. It's not changing. Luby Ray is No, on. not that. I mean, we, we think we're going to have Vaccaro on. He had to scratch Vaccaro out yesterday. should be on. I haven't heard. Yesterday, I heard from him when he couldn't do it. So, the fact that I haven't heard from him tells me that he's on board for today. All right, so that's great. Uh, so, And uh, I don't know what happened with Daniel Ponce de Leon. Perhaps uh, one of those things where he was doing another interview and they did the usual thing. Yeah, yeah, we don't care about your time limitations there. We don't care about the next guy. We only care about ourselves. That, that could happen to him, too. Or maybe he just lost our number, which a lot of people have a tendency to do. <laughs> Back with more. We'll I'll have somebody on the air in just a few moments. Uh, 940 wins, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Very festive Wednesday here. Beautiful outside. Can't wait to get out there. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Are you going to wipe the egg off your face before you get outside, Defoe? <laughs> no, I don't feel that badly about that. Do you, Luby? No, I You weren't able to deliver on this thing? Not really. I was looking forward to it. It's 925. question is that? What kind of a question is that? How could you ask me a question like that? Ask my question! The question, jerk! It's time for today's mini trivia challenge, brought to you by the great people at Gulfstream Park. The championship meet is on. They're racing Wednesday through Sunday, and you can place your bets at firstbet.com. This year's Buffalo Bills have made their way back into the conference title game for the first time since 1993 by virtue of their win over Baltimore. Today's Gulfstream Park Championship Meet Trivia question is, who did the Bills defeat in that 93 AFC title game to advance to the Super Bowl? Was it Miami, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, or New England? That answer in a moment. The championship meet is on at Gulfstream Park. Place your wagers at firstbet.com and get in on all the exciting action as the three-year-old campaign unfolds, culminating in one of racing's most exciting and majestic days, the running of the Florida Derby. Racing Wednesday through Sunday, the top trainers, jockeys, and horses are here set to compete in another blockbuster season of Gulfstream Park racing. Be a part of the exciting thoroughbred racing at Gulfstream Park. Establish a first bet account today and get into the game. There is no greater thrill in sport than the pulsating pace and chase to the wire of the glorious racing and intense competition taking place on the track at Gulfstream Park. Hallandale Beach Boulevard and US-1. For the latest information on dates, events, and fan access, log on to gulfstreampark.com. The Bills blasted the Kansas City Chiefs out of the playoffs that year, beating them 30-13 in the AFC Championship game. They would then turn around and lose their fourth straight Super Bowl in a similar blowout, 30-13 to the Dallas Cowboys. That's today's mini trivia challenge, brought to you by the people of Gulfstream Park. You can place your wagers at firstbet.com for all the exciting action of Gulfstream's championship meet. Luby's 
new romantic interest. I think it's a heavily romantic interest. The lonely for a couple of months. And, and I highly approve. It's thumbs up, Luby, on this one. Right. Thank you. Luby, complete fraud that he is, is capitulated to your weakness for... Yeah. My weakness for women. So I got 10 minutes, essentially, with this guy. And then it turns out Luby gets a series of questions texted to him by the lovely Shirley. She's a huge fan of the show. Now, right. he becomes obsessed that I'm not going to ask any of these questions. <laughs> and he's going to look bad because he figures I'm going to do my usual goofball interview about me and the Mustang. Right. <laughs> no, I was a crazy person. I totally admit it. I was, like, signaling you like I'm Cookie Rojas. Signaling like a maniac. I mean, I have a little rhythm in my head about what I'm going right. to do. Been doing this a while, so yeah. I, I know when I'm going to get to uh, one of Shirley's questions. Sure. But Luby, he ended up putting me in a naked Sleep. rear chokehold. Uh, the sleeper hold. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to knock you out. And then, of course, the Mustang was listening when I implied to the guy that he take our uh, application for the show and sabotage it to the bottom of the, <laughs> the pilot. <laughs> she wants to go on this thing. I love when you she brought up cute. your relationship and how it goes with the travel. The first thing the guy said, yeah, that wouldn't be good. No, you she can't have a backseat driver be the worst characteristic <laughs> that you could possibly exhibit on the Amazing Race show is to have a backseat driver with you. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. It's now time for the Defoe Show. That was a scary incident in our uh, working relationship when Mike Luby Lubitz came in and assaulted me because he was so nervous. You, you were sweating. You were choking. Uh, you, you looked like your blood pressure had raised to uh, levels and proportions that no doctor had ever witnessed before without the guy completely passing out and having a stroke right there on the spot. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As uh, you were worried that I wouldn't get Shirley's questions in during that interview. Signs, early signs that, that you were completely whipped from the opening bell there. I mean, uh, it was like Aaron Pryor came across the ring and threw that haymaker, which he was known for as the very first punch of the fight and uh, knocked you out cold. All right, so welcome back to the show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. Luby doing a little scrambling here on the program as uh, he is going to be leaving us for the rest of the week in preparation. I thought he was going into isolation. I, I thought he was going to go into some kind of hibernation and try to orchestrate that vital transformation that you need, like like my boxing uh, friends have done in the past, and saying, uh, hey, I, I've got to go through a personal metamorphosis to get ready for this event. And uh, it's going to be a long, hard fight, Louie. All right, uh, joining us right now, and this is great, speaking of fights, and I was fascinated, and I, I love sports sections, as you guys know. Aspiring to be a sports writer, started out in this business as a sports writer with a couple of weenie newspapers in California. Got to cover a lot of boxing, and I always love when there's enough space in a sports section, as there is in the New York Post, to put out the old-fashioned spread on a particular event with a lot of great pictures and even a carryover continued to the next page. Mike Vaccaro had a brilliant 
Uh, I mean, just uh, great stuff on the Ali Frazier 50-year anniversary fight. So we wanted to get Mike on the show, and we're happy to have him today from the New York Post, the great preeminent columnist there in New York City, the great Mike Vaccaro, with us here on the show. Michael, how are you? Always good to join you, man. What's going on? Everything's good. Uh, now, are you okay? Uh, you, you had the COVID thing going, and uh, <laughs> what? I, well, we, we had well, we had well, Moderna. Well, we I, had I, you getting the Moderna shot uh, based on your reaction. <laughs> it was actually Pfizer. I was going to say clarified because I, I didn't have COVID itself. I had the I had the cure, and they say sometimes the yeah. cure is worse than the, the disease. Right? I mean, for one day it was. It just knocked me out. But uh, but yeah, I was I would have I would have sounded like both Ellie and Fraser post fight if we would have talked yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't pleasant. I mean, uh, you had some great stories uh, and uh, sort of sidebar aspects to this thing, which uh, turned out to be uh, would you say uh, that that was the most significant event? That's saying a lot in Madison Square Garden history. I mean, it sure seems that way, and it's you know those who were there and have been to other places. I mean, it's part of the reason why I wanted to talk to George Kowinski who was taking photographs of literally, and I mean literally, every major event that's ever taken place at the New Garden, you know, from from championships to popes to everything in between, rock concerts. And he said it was never done, but I like it. So when he says that, I kind of take his word for it. Tremendous, uh, you know, also in terms of celebrity presence there, including an oddity, and uh, you, you relayed this story. Uh, did uh, Frank Sinatra, he went to Kalinske's place, right, and asked him to teach him everything he knew about photography in five minutes so that he could go ahead and fulfill his assignment for Life magazine. Frank, taking pictures ringside at the fight. It's hilarious thinking of uh, Frank Sinatra as a member of the media for that fight. But, yeah, he uh, he knocked on Kalinske's door, and obviously Kalinske is of the generation of, of, of guys who, uh, who grew up idolizing Sinatra, and suddenly all of a sudden near Sinatra approaching him with his heart, with his hand extended, saying, "Hi, I'm Frank Sinatra. He's going to only know about photography in five minutes." And uh, much to his delight, uh, five minutes turned into a three-hour lunch with Patsy's, which was Sinatra's favorite Italian restaurant in Manhattan, and that became kind of a lifelong friendship. And uh, he said that they spent mostly, you know, spent some time talking about photography, mostly talked about Eva Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he, he ended up uh, taking the pictures there uh, ringside, and there was plenty to uh, go ahead and, and try and uh, capture uh, on camera with, with so many different celebrities there, including Burt Lancaster being the color analyst uh, on the closed-circuit broadcast of the fight. Yeah, um, they actually replayed that on Sunday on ESPN. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've watched that fight dozens of times before. Uh, I just filed that story, so for the first time, I really kind of paid attention to uh, Burt Lancaster's color commentary. And, uh, let's just say that, uh, that uh, it's a good thing Burt never gave up his day job. <laughs> they, had, uh, they, had Archie, they had Archie Moore ringside, too, and Archie Moore was, was, was a lot more incisive with his commentary uh, than, than Lancaster was with his. But, I mean, you know, one of the great things about that fight is that Don Dunphy, the legendary fight uh, broadcaster did the uh, blow-by-blow so it's uh it's great to have his uh, voice preserved uh on that uh on, on that tape but yeah lancaster almost almost provides comic relief without ever once trying to be funny <laughs> i know i remember uh, red fox and i believe uh david frost or somebody of that uh nature uh, were the color commentators on the Thriller in Manila, which was kind of a, an odd <laughs> departure from the uh, usual former boxer who was in there and going, uh, yeah, he's going to have to use his right a little bit more. Uh, all right, and, and also right. you mentioned that the reporter who wasn't on the boxing beat who, who got assigned to it, and, and man, did that guy get in on a joyride. 
Yeah, he really did. I mean, Jim O'Brien uh, is a great uh, uh, story from the Post. I mean, he was a young writer at the Post at a you know, one of the great times to write about sports in New York. You know, he got to the paper just as the uh, Knicks were taking off in 1970. And, you know, he really was a jack of all trades. I mean, he's all over the paper with all with, with all kinds of bylines. But, uh, yeah, he got the assignment to do Ali Frazier, so he kind of lived on the back page for two and a half months. And uh, it was great talking to him. I mean, he's now an author in uh, in Pittsburgh, and he's written a number of Pittsburgh-related books. And uh, But his memories of that uh, of, of that. Uh, not just the fight, but the, the build-up and the aftermath are really uh, that 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 really made the story. That and you know, and Kowinski's remembrances because uh, you know it's one of those nights, you know, one of those events you cover that you just never forget the details. And uh, thankfully, they didn't forget any of the details. The great Mike Vaccaro, columnist for the New York Post, with us here on nine forty wins, twelve thirty the zone, around the world on the iHeartRadio app. There are a few moments where you almost uh, remember going Jack Buck. I can't believe. What I just saw, and, uh, and one for me, and it kind of saved my life at the time, was the Mazeroski homer, where it seems like the entire universe has taken a deep breath and paused in stunned silence and disbelief as to what's taken place. Now, now in my case, it saved me because uh, I had booked all the action against the Yankees, and I was on uh, the Myrtle Avenue L on my way to Queens <laughs> to get out of Brooklyn because we weren't going to be able to pay off these bets. And then Maz hit the home run. We got right back on the train, went right across the station there, waited for a train to go the other way, and came back and collected our money. But when Ali got cracked by Joe Frazier and went down in the 15th round, uh, for me anyway, uh, as a young DeForest, that, that was one of those moments where you, you were just looked on in stunned disbelief for a second. And then, as you depicted in the story, he, he got pummeled the rest of the way and, uh, you know, one of the things about Ali that a lot of people overlooked, that this guy took an incredible amount of punishment, which uh, eventually, uh, as uh, it, you might conclude from from his medical condition later on, he, he obviously paid a big price for it. And actually invited a lot of it. I mean, this is really the fight where, on the fly, he kind of invented the rope-a-dope. I mean, if, if, if you watch the fight closely, there were long stretches of the fight where he just retreats in the corner behind his behind his gloves and just lets Frazier just hammer away. And, and Frazier was so skilled... That I mean, he wasn't he wasn't throwing idle punches. I mean, he was throwing punches that landed, and uh, you know later on that's what helped him against Foreman and then the throw in Manila against against Frazier. That's when rope and dope became part of the lexicon. But you can kind of almost see it being born on the fly, and it was you know it, was, it wasn't really a result of, of him wanting to tire Frazier out so much as wanted to conserve his own energy. You know he'd been he'd been away from from a fight like this for three and a half years. He had two tune ups, but neither one of them was anywhere near as as all-consuming as this one was. And you can just see, you know, just the punishment they both took. I mean, you know, they both spent time in the hospital afterwards. Ali was, 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 went right away, and Frazier wanted to spend a couple of weeks in the hospital because he could barely move later on. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate because when you, when you do look at the, at the bigger picture from 30,000 feet, you know that, you know, they were never as good as they were that night again physically and as boxers because, you know, time takes a toll, but also boxing takes a toll. One of the strangest aspects of it, Mike, too, was the fact that it actually represented some form of race war, even though both guys in the ring were black. Yeah, I mean, Frazier definitely represented, uh, at least in Ali's mind, uh, the, you know, the, the, the racist uh, uh, nation that had uh, kind of put him in his mind, in his, you know, in, in his predicaments. Um, he called Frazier and Uncle Tom. I mean, and in truth, I mean, Frazier was to a lot, to, to a large degree, the great white hope of this fight. 
Um, you know, Ali was uh, Ali's support mostly came from African Americans. That's just you know, that's that, that's a fact. And, and Frazier's was mostly among white people. And and even though Frazier, of course, was was African American from South Carolina and Philadelphia, um, he really was in a lot of ways uh, the great white hope in this fight. And um, you know, it's interesting. You you listen to the fight with you know when it's been digitally remastered and, and the audio is crisper than it's ever been before, and you can really tell. You know, while he you know became the most popular athlete probably in history uh, over time, you know that night Frazier definitely had a lot of support inside Madison Square Garden. Whenever whenever Ali would kind of you know retreat into his into the clenches, I mean you know he was booed. Um, so it is interesting to to, to 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 see all that given the through the prism of history, you know, knowing how things worked out and and knowing how how his history's kind of treated both of them. And look, I mean, I think it was a lasting regret for Ali. Uh, that he uh, never was able to actually tell Frazier what he felt. He told Frazier's kids that he, that he was sorry for that. But uh, to their dying day, I mean, certainly Frazier was, was, was angry and to, to a degree took a certain amount of satisfaction in, in Ali's plight late in life, knowing that uh, it was a lot of his punches that helped put him in that, uh, in that condition. The great Mike Vaccaro, New York Post columnist, with us here on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, well worth taking a look at. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Mike, for bringing us uh, that story, that piece, uh, and the excellent spread on that fight. I read your article today uh, with some interest uh, in a couple of things, and it reminded me that uh, being an old-school baseball guy, I have no idea what some of these stats are or what their reason for them uh, existing is. uh, What is OPS plus? Uh, I've never... I haven't been able to track down a definition of that. I I can figure OPS out and, and what the significance of that would be, and they're just kind of combining a couple of stats there. But uh, interesting article about James McCann and the acquisition by the Mets. Uh, everybody thought they were going to grab every high-priced free agent in the offseason with Steve Cohn getting the ownership and a, a bottomless checkbook. But uh, that wasn't necessarily the strategy here. And uh, as you said, 19 times you'll get to uh, see these two guys go head-to-head, McCann and the guy that most Met fans thought they were going to pursue in JT Real Mudo, who re-signed with the Phillies. Yeah, and look, I mean, the, the you know the Mets got McCann for a fraction of what it would have cost to to just to sign Real Muto. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty smart decision. They may have overpaid overpaid a little bit for McCann. I'm not sure he had another four year, forty million dollar offer out there, but that's still significantly less than what Real Muto was getting. And look, I mean, Real Muto is already hurt this spring. Catcher is a you know catching is a dangerous position, and Real Muto is is a little bit older and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's possible if you, you know, if you sign him for five years the way the Phillies did, that by year four and year five, uh, he's playing something uh, you know, a position other than catcher in year four, year five. In which case, you're paying a, a premium catcher salary for a first baseman, or for a DH, or for a third baseman. And uh, so, which isn't to say that uh, Real Muto isn't a great player. Which isn't to say that uh, the Phillies won't look, you know, wind up looking smarter for having made that investment. Uh, it, it's certainly all out there in front of us to see. But I do think that. Uh, the Mets, knowing they had other issues to address, knowing that they have a whole bunch of fat contracts they're going to have to wind up dealing with in the coming days and weeks and months in uh, Francisco Lindor and Michael Conforto, maybe even Noah Syndergaard, uh, to be able to get a quality player for a reasonable price, right, relatively speaking, uh, I, th- I thought it was a smart deal, and you know we'll see. You know, McCann's personality definitely fits in with this team. Uh, he's all business. Um, you know, it, 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 it's obvious how much of an immediate impact his presence has had, and, uh, you know, we'll see how that translates. And couple, uh, last couple of things here with Mike Vaccaro from the New York Post. 
I'm coming to you from the Off Lakes Only Studios, Defos at the Barefoot Beach Villas Verbal Laboratory. Follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Vac, V A C C. All right, so the other big thing, at least down here, that we're focusing on, yes, the Heat playoffs, and I know your Knicks are uh, right in the middle of the playoffs in the NBA, but we are focused on the NFL draft. And it's funny, the it's not the number one pick that's the big topic of discussion this year. It's that number two pick with the New York Jets that feels like people sort of made it a foregone conclusion that Wilson out of BYU will be the pick. To me, what the Dolphins are trying to do at three and trade out is sort of the thing that the Jets possibly could do at two. Is it a done deal that the Jets go with Wilson? Because at this point, it seems almost hard to think that they could go back to Darnold after all the rumors this last season and offseason. That's the thing is that, you know, it's it's possible Sam Darnold could be a good quarterback in the NFL. I don't think anybody's written his career off. I just don't know that he can do that with the Jets. I think there's too much baggage here. I realize it's a different coaching staff. Uh, he'll be dealing with a different offense. Uh, but there are just sometimes when you can just you can just see it's, it's, it, it's crystal clear that what a player needs and what a team needs is a change of scenery. Um, and I think that's what's going to most benefit Darnold. And when you do have a guy, look, I mean, I, and I don't, I'm, I don't live inside Joe Douglas's brain, so I don't know what he feels about Zach Wilson. But if he believes that Zach Wilson is the real deal, then he will certainly pick him, I think, because I mean, it's you know, you you have to make a you have to make a, uh, a commitment to the guy that you're going to build this around, and you can't do it as, you know as a half measure. And I think if you if you half-heartedly just bring back Darnold, hoping he's going to get better, I think you're already starting this process, which is going to be a massive rebuilding process anyway, a step and a half behind. So I'd be stunned if they don't take Wilson at this point. Uh, just you know, the the way the winds are blowing, I just don't think that Darnold is ever going to be able to reach his maximum in New York. And if he can't do that, then what's the point in, in not cutting bait now? I like that he acted like a, like a sports talk host, kind of uh, desperate for calls here, and uh, just started putting a phone number out and saying, call me on Darnold. We'll <laughs> <laughs> take calls from anybody. Uh, Mike, one final thing, because you would have your finger on a pulse much more so than we would uh, being in the New York area there and writing for the Post on this particular thing, uh, what are New Yorkers feeling about the Anthony Bourdain-like assertions that the California bagel is indeed yeah, what superior is to those baked in New York? Uh, has there been a, I would think, a, a very violent reaction to uh, to the uh, very idea uh, being brought up that there was any place else that could rival New York when it came to making a bagel? Yeah, that's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, Come you know, on. look here's a, here, here, Here's the thing. I mean, you can you can make an argument, I suppose, for pizza. I know we get very very parochial about pizza, uh, and actually, you know, if I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit in a lifelong New Yorker that I actually really enjoy Chicago pizza, although I don't think it's pizza. Nah. But if you're gonna right. call it pizza, I do enjoy it as an alternate. You know, every now and again, once a year, maybe. Uh, the, 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 the the bagel question is just absurd. I mean, to me, there's <laughs> there's New York bagels, there's New York bagels, and every place else is lenders. And. It's just, uh, it's not, this, it's not comparable, and, and I'll, 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 I'll take the gloves off on that one. Nice. <laughs> Stick to sourdough bread and avocado toast. Exactly. That's what you're saying to those silly Californians that are making That is exactly what I'm saying, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, great stuff, man. Thanks for that article. I really enjoyed it. I, I can't tell you. I actually read it a couple of times, and uh, I love the pictures that were accompanying, and uh, Kalinsky with that, Matt, was that the first overhead cam there where they had Ali knocked out and uh, flat out on the canvas? Uh, great shot from Amazing, right? the top yeah. of the ring. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, we, 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 you know, what was the first, I mean, believe it or not, was the picture he took of uh, the two of them just head-to-head, nose-to-nose. I mean, you would oh, think yeah. that's the kind of image that you would have, that you would have had. And, and now, they've, now, now through the years, 
through like you know, the trickery of well before Photoshop, whatever they did back in those days, photo retouching, they might have been able to put Gene Tunney and, 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 and Jack Dempsey like that, but they wouldn't have posed for it. But these two guys trusted Kowinski so much that even though they tested each other, they got that close to each other to, to, to pose for the picture. So it's uh, that just tells you a little bit about the uh, the, uh, the kind of gifts that uh, that George Kowinski had, not only just uh, you know of, of, of taking pictures but setting them up too. Great stuff, and uh, we thank you for that article. And, of course, very interesting read today in the New York Post. Mike Vaccaro uh, on the uh, Mets catcher, James McCann, and the thinking that went into uh, pursuing him instead of JT Real Muto and where the Mets stand right now. So if you're a Mets fan, you'll love that. Mike, as always, a pleasure. Uh, I'm glad you're feeling better, and thanks so much for being with us today. And we'll have to get together and hoist one now that we both have the vaccine. Always great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, be safe, Mike. All right, thanks, thanks so much. Mike Vaccaro, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I saw that today. All right, we're going to come I'm back. Like, yes. What is that thing about What's the bagel? That? Come on, California. Like, you're not, you don't make a bagel like New York. Like, let's be real. Who, who's making these claims? I is don't it know. a Californian? Or uh, just some, uh, it can't be the gambling gourmet. No, he, no, he no, no, no. Is someone in California, we make the best bagel. I'm like, who even knew you made bagels? Right. I mean, uh, everybody complains all the time. That's the water. We can't do it down here. I'm not sure. You can get some good bagels here in uh, South Florida. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, has the scene overall improved? Because there seem to be more and more places. If you look at Let's Eat South Florida, Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet's uh, great Facebook page with 34,000 subscribers, yep, yep. and he'll be with us on yep. Friday. We'll ask him that question because uh, yeah, he's been everywhere. You know, that was always the issue: the water. You can't make the same kind of bread. Don't I, look. I, we actually, to me, the second best bagel I've ever had is down here because we're. New York Southeast, and it's still until I went to New York and had a real New York bagel with real New York cream cheese. Yeah. There was there's All nothing different. like it. Like you can just yeah. eat the bagel by itself, and it's so oh, yeah. friggin' I, good. I could eat three plain bagels uh, without anything on them, just uh, at one sitting. Maybe that's why I had a weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't wait to have another one. All right, uh, back back with more in a moment. We'll wrap things up. It's been a lot of fun being with you on this fine Wednesday. We'll do it again tomorrow at six. Luby will be off, and we'll have Eric Duran in there as Luby prepares for. That moment of truth that's coming up on Saturday. And, of course, the deal Volkswagen Degenerate Friday. Trackside from Gulfstream Park on Friday. Always excited to be out there with Jersey Kyle, the gambling gourmet Mike Mayo, and the cast and crew. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. What cast and crew? It's 9.55. Let's go to Margie. Margie, you're on 9.40 wins. What is your name? Because I keep forgetting. My name is Jeff. Jeff? Yes. Start your day with a cup of default. It's now time for the Defoe Show. The television time limit here on the show. So in Gordon Soly like fashion, we'll say so long from the Sunshine State. From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 as we leave you now that. The time. Thank you, Johnny 1001. Let's go to eat a damn snack. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.